The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the world famous Jonesy and Brown show. That man standing right over there. It's been a long time since so we haven't done a show in the same room in like years now. Last you, time we did a show in the same room, it was like two was pre, It was pre pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Now <clears throat> it's like, man, <clears throat> I didn't have COVID twice. You might never come over my crib now. <laughs> Oh, I ain't scared. I've never had it. You've never had it? Are you serious? Yeah. At Bro, this point, this I don't thing. think I can get it. Whatever. Apparently, I just got, you know, I just got the, the, the special gene because I've now had it twice and kicked my butt twice. It's COVID-2, John Brown, zero. The wife has had it. Parents have had it. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah yep. Yep. Just this past weekend. It was, yeah, uh, a few people have had, had it. Yeah, you have not had it. Never had it. Well, look, man, consider yourself lucky, man. There ain't nothing to play with. I'm like, I know certain people, you know, people have their opinions on it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, you know, I'm not going to tell how people how to think either way, but I feel like it's not hard to sift through what everyone is saying and find a solution that makes sense and therefore take care of yourself. Wear a mask when you think you need to wear a mask. Wash your hands. Wash your behind and, and take care of yourself. There you go. There, that's your PSA for me. Wash your hands or wash your behind and, I mean, and, and wear a mask when need be. I hear you. And knowing it's half the battle. But at some point, natural selection becomes a thing. Like, if you know how to take care of yourself yeah. and you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. however you define taking care of yourself, I'm not taking sides in this conversation. That's not what we're here for. Not, no, no, no. I'm just saying, if mm-hmm. you know how to take care of yourself and you don't take care of yourself, eh. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, look, in, in, the, in, in the time that we've been away, in the time that we've been away, we've now watched our beloved Philadelphia Eagles the play not too belovedly. Their season is done. Sixers are underway. Now they got issues of their own. Oh, uh, MB with a torn meniscus. Torn meniscus, yeah, that just came out uh, mm-hmm. in the last hour or so. So you know we have we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. All right. Six, Sixers' plan is to take the weekend to determine a treatment plan for Embiid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he'll be out at least the weekend, mm-hmm. but most likely longer, mm-hmm. and that essentially knocks him out of contention uh, for any yeah. postseason awards. And at a time where he was having the best season of his career on court, Nick Nurse has had unlocked a level of play from Embiid and Maxi also 
that honestly I did not think was possible based on what I saw from the what I had seen from them mm-hmm. under while playing under Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Well, look, Who has a job now? Yeah, yeah, he does. There you go. Look, we'll talk about a lot of that if there's time. We got a guest this week, man. I had originally it all it is always fun. I originally was gonna call a family meeting because we needed to discuss uh the Eagles. But like I said, brother had COVID for the last two weeks, so I had to cancel the family meeting and then cancel the family meeting again. And then when it came time to uh to uh reconvene, the family just told me, man, forget it, man. We ain't got time for you. And all we could get left all we had left was was Roy. And 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 that was it. Ladies and gentlemen, Roy, Roy Burton. <laughs> I'm your, I'm, your back, I'm your backup, backup, backup you're, plan. You're, is that what, is yes. that what it is? I was going to say, yeah. you said like Roy's a ca- consolation prize. All, 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 Trying to be like you, man. No, why are you trying to be like me, man? You ain't trying. Look, you, you you hear Roy every week on the BS line. Mm-hmm. Can also hear Roy all the time on uh, Fox Sports The Gambler. Mm-hmm. Mike Jones, have you ever been on Fox Sports The Gambler? I haven't. No, I, I too. I, I know Sean Brace. <laughs> I know Sean. Or I, I know Sean Brace. Me and Sean Brace have been cool for a long time. I have not been on Fox Sports The Gambler. Roy Burton is on. I, 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 I know. I, I know. I know. I'm well, not trying to put you in. He's, he's, a, he's a program director. I, I'm not either. the program director. No, he 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 runs things. No, no, I understand. <laughs> this 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 it's not even a beef. You know, I, I'm, I'm yeah. you know, mm. but uh, but yeah, you know, the fact is, you're still a busy man. You know, him. You know, he's got his own show. You hear him on Fox Sports The Gambler all the time. You know. Uh, Everyone knows Temple, proud Temple alum. To you, that's right. Yes, sir. Mike. I was talking. I was talking uh, Temple basketball this week with Roy because somebody brought up Rashid Brokenborough. Yeah, she was a baller. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was a baller. Yes, he was. And another. Yeah. And the thing, the thing that that kind of sparked the conversation was another friend of the show. Good, uh, our, and I, I'll put I'll put him on blast, but he's still my man. Uh, Javon Offert wasn't familiar with Rasheed Brokenborough. <laughs> and I understand that might be a little bit before his time. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. A little bit before yeah. his time, but I'm like, bruh, those, you know, those late 90s Temple I mean, squads were yeah. pretty tough. You might, you might yeah. as well ask about Mark Karcher or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> Same, yeah, basically. You, Mark Karcher, yeah. Lynn Greer. Um, Lynn Greer, Quincy, Quincy Wadley. That was that was my era. That was a, yeah, I went to yeah, I was in I was in Temple 96, 96 yeah. to two thousand. Um, that's what, so that, that's that when you were there. Era. Okay, yeah, that was my uh, era. You know, I was a, I was a, actually I was a tutor for a few of those guys. I was one of the nice. athletes. Okay, the basketball guys. Yeah, so yeah, so Lamont Barnes. You know, mm-hmm. like all those mm-hmm. dudes. Like yeah, we said Kevin Lied. I don't know if you mentioned him. Kevin Lied. Like like those teams were stacked, man. They were really. Absolutely. They got the they got the two elite eights, man. Like you mm-hmm. can't, can't knock them, man. Like they had a, had a heck of a run during during the late nineties, early two thousands. 
Oh, yeah, that's when Temple basketball, you could count on them as a tournament, yes. probably a Sweet 16 team almost yep. every year at that point. Yep. Yep. You were surprised yep. if they did, fell short of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and John Chaney used to always know how to, like, to get the most out of those players because you would see Temple and you see the size of that program. But John, John Chaney would always put some national powerhouses Mm-hmm. On that schedule, I was looking at that ninety-eight, ninety-nine team that went to uh, the Sweet Sixteen, and you look at you look at how they started the season. Started the season four and zero, beat Georgetown, Wake Forest, mm-hmm. number five Michigan State. You know that's the start of the season. Yeah. That's who John Cheney's putting on this. That's how that's how John Cheney's starting the season. Mm-hmm. Michigan State. Yeah, that was you know, and that was the that was the, the good the Mateen Cleaves Mopeus exactly, era. Yeah. Exactly. That was that team. That was a huge that was a huge huge mm-hmm. win for for Temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, no one seven, ever I think were five at the time. Number five. Yeah, no one could ever accuse Cheney of being scared of anything or anyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, that, that wasn't part of his DNA. No, no, no. no. He was like, he's like you you play with the big dogs by playing with the big dogs. You know, mm-hmm. you don't just say, hey, my team is good. You go out there and. You put he put them on the schedule, but look, man, I, I want uh, Roy. Before we get started, I just want I just want sure. to, to talk to you a little bit more about what you got going on now. I mean, you really have been a, a, a busy guy. I, I, I see you with your own show. You you're creating your content now. Real quick, how long have you been doing this now? Oh, jeez, doing the like podcast stuff or because like, <laughs> I've been. I've been around for. I mean, I've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I like I started with Bleacher Report. Jeez, uh, mm. like late, like late. I guess you know, basically when they first started, like you know, when you know, basically you know, when Bleacher Report was kind of kind of up and running. So I guess early early 2010s, you know, I was mm. doing some Bleacher Report mm-hmm. stuff. I was feature co- I was a Sixers feature columnist for a while for Bleacher Report. Um, then I was an NBA columnist for for them for a while. I did some stuff from that their breaking news team. So I was there for a while, and then um, a couple years after that is when I linked up with the crew over at Liberty Ballers. Yeah. Um, so Liberty Balls SB Nation, you know, great crew. You know, that was the, I mean, that was, you know, for those, anybody who's like a Sixers fan, like, like basically mm-hmm. everybody who covers the Sixers now in the city was on mm-hmm. Liberty Ballers like back then. It was like Derek Bodner, you know, Kyle, Kyle Newbeck, uh, Seamus yep. Clancy, like Rich Hoffman. We were all in, at Liberty Balls at the same time, not getting paid anything, but just having fun, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing about Brett Brown's basketball teams that won 19 games a season. I mean, it was just like, you're like it was just it was you know like the teams were terrible but like it was mm-hmm. we just had so much fun because there was just so much talent around that everybody you know kind of wanted to kind of one up everybody mm-hmm. else so mm-hmm. it was just a, you know great time you know at liberty ballers and then from there you know like you know like you said you know i started my own podcast and kind of kind of do my own thing well actually i had that, i had that pretty much the whole time mm-hmm. uh, the brush you know, have that the whole time and then we linked up with uh um 106.5 the local the public uh radio station here to, to mm-hmm. put that on the radio to move from that so that was back in 2018 i think it was 2018 i always mm-hmm. linked up with them and then um you know since then just kind of build that up and then i guess last summer is when i linked up with your good friend john uh, sean brace mm-hmm. um at fox sports the gambler because they were they you know they were kind of looking for he said like his sean's goal he says you know he want eventually you know once they kind of get some more resources you know they want you know 24 hours of local programming like they want they want to build out that roster they want to build out you know what they have going over at iHeartRadio. 
And I'm like, look, like, is there a spot for me? Like, I know, like, you know, like you want to build out some stuff. It's like you guys, you know, don't really do much with, you know, fantasy football. It's a gambling focus, you know, do most gambling stuff. But it's like you guys don't really have a whole lot of fantasy, you know, fantasy football stuff or anything like that. You know, I was like, is there a spot for me? He's like, he's like, yeah, we don't really have a fantasy guy. So like, you know what, you know, you know, whenever you want to show up a studio, whenever you want to do, you know, fantasy stuff, like, you know, come under the tent. So, you know, I just started showing up. You know, started started doing things and started trying to make things happen. So now I'm kind of part of that family. So it's like you said, it's like you know, it's one of those things where you got to stay busy. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. kind of like uh, you know open up some doors in the, in the business. So yeah, so I, I've been I've been doing this for 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 a little, for a little bit. Now you now you you definitely one of the OGs in the city. Now you know people look to you for for advice. They've they've watched you do it. You know, especially now when you see what a, a lot of these outlets have become. You see. You know, like Liberty yeah. Ballers has gone, has gone from being like small, you know, up like just up and coming site to now that's where right. people go to. And the same with Bleacher right. Report too. So you know, Report, like yeah. you just yeah. to see what Bleacher Report has become mm-hmm. over the last ten years, you know, is it, definitely it is you know it, it's impressive. And like for me, like because the three of us we all grew up in this area. So we always, you know, we knew what outlets people had for sports and sports dialogue. What made right. you decide to go this route instead of the more traditional routes, like uh, the more like the, the newspapers and uh, the traditional sports talk radio stations? That's a that's a good question. Uh, well, actually, well, the thing is, it, it kind of like the, the sports talk radio station was kind of like. I don't want to say the original goal, but like, cause before, you know, coming up, you know, like, you know, we read mm-hmm. some of the greatest columnists or and, and beat writers ever, like Phil Jasner's and Stan Hockman's and all those, mm-hmm. like there's so many, like everybody, like, you know, you would run like all of us, you know, like mm-hmm. Monday morning, you get the daily news, you flip to the back page and you yep. like, you're reading like, some of the best of the best, you know, Rich mm-hmm. Hoffman, you know, Rich Hoffman senior, you know, his yep. dad, like, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you like, so like, I wanted, I always wanted to be a writer initially. Like that's where I, like I wanted to do, but I didn't want to be like the beat writer. Like I didn't want to like, you know, like start off and like just be the beat writer. Cause you know, they'll, you know, stick you on like high school basketball for like five years. And then, you know, like I just wanted to be a column. Like I just wanted to say like, I have opinions and things like that. So I'm like, all right, well, if I was, you know, if I have opinions, then, you know, maybe it might be easier just to kind of just, you know, can do a podcast thing or do a radio thing because mm-hmm. then you can do your opinion that way. So, um, so when I was with Bleach Report, you know, like they let me do a, a little bit of it. But like it was not enough, so I'm like, all right, you know what? If I just start, you know, do a radio show, do a you know a podcast, or whatever like that, then I can control what I talk about, you know, when I talk about it, mm-hmm. topic. So that's kind of where I kind of gravitated towards. Even though I love writing, and I and I you know I I, I want to get back to it, but it's like. Mm-hmm. A, it takes a long time <laughs> to, to kind of to kind of write and, and and write well, and just you know, but just by you know, podcasting and being on shows and being on shows like mm-hmm. this, it's like you just I just love the I just love the conversation, you know, like it's yeah. just again, it just it always comes back to like sports, like the best conversations that we have about sports are like you know, guys just sitting around, whether it's you know mm-hmm. on a podcast or at a barbershop or like a cookout or something like that, like mm-hmm. those are the best conversations, and you know, like you don't get that when you write because you kind of sit up in a room and you kind of like hold mm-hmm. up and trying to get a couple thousand words down so like i kind of like the energy you know when it comes to k- k- talking about sports with people because that's really what it's all about camaraderie and and and, and you know fellowship mm. so i've questioned covering sports in philly mm-hmm. philly me- media has a notorious reputation for being harsh on the athletes <laughs> yeah yeah do you go out of your way to try to temper that when you're actually interacting with athletes or you just say, whatever, I'm going to be me and ask my questions. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good question because it's it's funny because and I don't, I don't interact with athletes a lot, but I mean, I, but mm -hmm. I have in the past and, and things like that. But that's a really good question because it's like you know how do you because you know I'm a fan just like everybody else, right. but at the mm -hmm. same time, like if you're in front of a camera or if you're in front of a microphone, you know it's a little bit different. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, and I think it's, it's, I had some epiphany at some point. I'm not exactly sure when, but it was probably when I was you know you know JB when I was doing um Birds Outsiders when I was mm -hmm. when I. Embassy Sports Philadelphia, because like mm -hmm. you know the Eagles have a bad game, and I would just want to go on camera and start ripping everybody, just mm -hmm. because that's, you know, like right. Nelson Aguilar yeah. dropped the ball, he dropped the ball, he's trash. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. like, like, but it's like <laughs> at, at, some, at some point, it's like you know what? It's like would I say this to Nelson Aguilar if he was like in front of me? I was like I probably wouldn't. So mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't say it, you know, if I'm in front of him in front of a microphone, or maybe I shouldn't say mm -hmm. it in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like when it comes to that stuff, like I kind of like I kind of temper it down. It's like you know what. I wouldn't say it to the person. I wouldn't go in the locker room and say it, or I wouldn't say it to him in his face. I probably mm -hmm. wouldn't say it. I would just phrase it differently. Because, you know, we mm -hmm. can always say somebody's had a bad game. I guess it's fine. Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to call somebody trash or whatever. Like, da da da, da if I'm not going to say it, you know, say it mm -hmm. directly to them. So I think that's, that for me, that I think that's where the line is. And, and I, I try not to cross that. Okay. Do you, do you find that annoying when people, when you hear people doing it, when you know, <clears throat> oh, this person, and, and even if a person has played poorly, you know, it's like maybe in your personal opinion, maybe a player is trash. But, you yeah, know, yeah. like you said, you're not going to say that because you wouldn't say it to his face. You know, fair enough. But when you see people aren't as people aren't as mature as you, <laughs> you know, people don't well, take that. See, not, not everybody takes that approach. I so mean, let's be honest. Have, some people frame stuff for clicks and hot takes. Exactly. That, that's the environment we're in now. Exactly. No, Jones, you got it right, man. That's what it is, man. Like people do it for clicks. People do it for yeah. like, the thing is like, really like what I think like these radio stations and you know, like the, like the YouTubers and things like that, even, even the, 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 the talking head shows, like, I think their goal every day is to like to say, you know, one or two things to go viral, right? Like say mm -hmm. something that's going to get somebody going and whether you got to call somebody trash or whether you got to, you know, have a top five list that's terrible or whether you have to say AJ Brown's going to get traded. Like, you're gonna. You're trying to do something. We're, we, we, we're gonna get into that in a second. We yeah. we gonna circle yeah. back to that too. <laughs> yeah, like you're. I think these guys are trying to push that envelope to say, mm -hmm. all right, let me. Like, what's the one thing I can get away with, and, mm -hmm. and that that's gonna, you know, that that's gonna spin spin the news cycle for for 24 hours. I I mean I mean I think that's kind of I think that's kind of bogus to be honest with you. Like I, I hate that. Like I I but at, at the same time I understand it. Like I understand like that's why. Like these, you know, these, these, you know, sports talk radio, you know, guys are, are, are you know, are the way they are. Like I get it because mm -hmm. they got to get ratings and they got to say things like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there's, I think there's a way to do it without doing that. But mm -hmm. the guys who do it get the ratings and get money and get paid. So it's like, you know, you kind of, kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think about all these athletes now? Now they're just they're starting their own podcast. They're doing their own right. shows. Active yeah. athletes. Active. Yeah. You, yeah. Now yeah. you have people, I mean, they're, they're literally like skipping, uh, skip, skipping press conferences, go home, turn on a webcam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike, you talk about Michael Parsons. Okay. <laughs> Cause he absolutely didn't talk after that Cowboys loss to the Packers, mm -hmm. but a week or so later, he pops up with all, you know, having unchallenged conversation on his mm -hmm. podcast. Right. Right. Rather than being an environment where you can, you say, excuse me, you say something and you might be challenged on it mm -hmm. or get some pushback. You right. know, these guys are just taking it to their own platforms and their own controlled environments. Does that make your job harder? 
Oh, I, absolutely. I, I mean, it's just, I mean, like they're like, they're, you know, you're getting the information directly from the source, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think it makes, I think it makes the media's job harder. And I think it makes, well, it clearly makes these athletes richer. Cause I mean, you see yeah. like these guys like getting these deals, like or I, I, the, the best example of that is the, you know, the whole Draymond Jordan pool thing, Draymond punched Jordan pool, got suspended. You didn't hear from that dude until he went on his podcast and started to, and start and talk, talked about it. It's like, mm-hmm. bro, like you just punched a teammate, <laughs> like, 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 got caught on video. Like, you should at some point need to answer to the media first, right? But it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, like he just went home, grabbed his microphone, and just like you know, like spouted out his you know whatever reasons to like his podcast folks, and you know, I'm sure he got paid off those clicks and views. So, I mean, like, it's like for them, like for athletes, I get it because Jonesy, like you said, like it's a controlled environment. Nobody's gonna push you. Nobody's gonna press mm-hmm. you. That's why, like, I don't take too much out of these athlete podcasts because they really don't give you much. Like they're going to give you what they want to give you. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I was going to ask you that like, next. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to give you, it's like, like LeBron James in the shop. He's going to give you what he's going to give you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like all, all, you know, God bless LeBron James and, and everybody, but he's only going to give you what passes he edits, you know, before he turns it into max or whoever, whoever it's on now. So like this stuff is, like, it's not real and unfiltered and raw and nobody's pressing anybody for answers. Oh, yeah. It's really a sanitized version of, of, of the story. But is, but do you think that, these athletes choosing to go go this route is sort of a product of where media is gone. We've talked about the guy. We've talked about you know the content creators and the media people who would make their statements for clicks and you know trying to make more provocative statements. Like we've now watched this now over the last twenty five years ago, twenty five years now. Yeah. You know, in the rise of the pardon the interruptions and the around the horns. Now the reporters are the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we've gone from the, the athletes being the stars to now, you know, the reporters are the stars. The columnists are the stars. Right. right. And and I and, and to Jonesy's point, Jonesy, because I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you're seeing these athletes get their own podcast and they're t- telling a watered down story of yep. what's happening. But mm-hmm. I think there are athletes who feel like, all right, these, uh, there are a lot, there are media people who are asking questions that are supposed to be unbiased to get a story who also have, who have an angle who are working Mm -hmm. an angle who are trying to get clicks. So they, so the athlete feels like if I'm going to tell my story, if you're going to use my story for clicks, it's going to be clicks on my site. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, do do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, hundred, hundred percent. And again, like Keith, I think you saw that, um, you know, well, I mean, we like you said, like we've seen the evolution of it over the last twenty five years. But mm-hmm. I mean, like you, I think you, you see it a lot now. You know, with the podcast and with that site, the Players Tribune. Mm-hmm. You get, when I was just has thinking about the Players Tribune. Yeah, somebody mm-hmm. has something to say, like the Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, you know, like I'm coming. You know, like like you're, like here's my next move, Kevin Durant. You know, you can like you can, you know, uh, use the media to to tell your story the way you want to tell it. Because again, like I think. You know, back then, you know, like I'm gonna say back then, but like you know, 30 years ago, there was a traditional beat writer, you know, thing, and beat writers would tell the story of the athletes and, and things like that. And then you saw, and you know, kind of sad to say, but you saw like when, you know, I guess in like the early 2000s, when like you know, Sports Illustrated was doing like more like the like the long form profile writing, you would see mm-hmm. certain certain columnists or certain long form people like I don't say cozy up to, but like be guys who athletes trusted to tell their story. Like you would see certain people, or even some people, like mm-hmm. I'll say, like Jamel Hills, like Namina Khans. Like there were certain people when they were columnists, like athletes would go to them and say, "All right, I want you to tell my story because I trust you to tell my story." 
Um, and we saw a lot of that, you know, like in the early 2000s. But I, I, you know, but now that these athletes have, you know, the Player Tribune, have their own websites, have their own, you know, blogs and podcasts, I don't think they even need to go through that intermediary. Like, I don't think they need to find somebody they can trust because it's like, hey, I can sit down and grab a microphone and just tell you my story. So where it comes, where it goes from now, I mean, I'm not sure, but like, I think we're going to see less and less of that traditional media, you know, with those, you know, in-depth pieces or long form pieces or just trying to get, you know, the, the real, the real story about the athletes. Cause I think the athletes say, you know what, let me just, you know, monetize this myself and, and cut out the middleman. And I'm glad you used that phrase, the real story. Cause the one thing why well, I do like athletes having the opportunity to tell their side of the story where mm-hmm. so, there are some writers who have been known to have agendas against players and things like that. Mm-hmm. But with that, and, and I, not, how can I say this? To be a professional athlete, you have to have at least some level of ego. Right. Have to. You have to be extremely confident to be a professional athlete. So a lot of times when you hear it on their platforms without the pushback, the story almost sounds self-aggrandizing and disingenuous, like, you know. So the reporter gave it some – a good reporter, for yeah. me as the audience, would provide context and some balance. Even if it's not, like, being contentious, I might challenge a more far-fetched mm-hmm. statement that the athlete made. I might not <laughs> – you know, or right, something right, that, right. that seems a little yeah. more unbelievable. But without that – and the other part is these kids grew up in the internet era where everything is about branding yourself. Yeah. So, you know, control your image, control your brand. You are, a br- that was something that didn't happen in previous generations with the athletes. Their brand yeah. came from being on the court and winning. Right. These right. guys have so many other things. It's like, I almost feel like a lot of ways I know too much about athletes. you know a lot more i mean we know a lot more about athletes than we did five years ago i mean literally Mm -hmm. like everybody has a podcast everybody uh, you know has a youtube channel and everybody's kind of you know telling you like 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 it got no no offense to paul reed but a guy like paul reed wouldn't have you know his own podcast or or be we wouldn't know this so much about paul reed five years ago or 10 years right you know what i'm saying like like but again he has his own podcast like he's like you know he's out on youtube he's he's doing his own thing because again you can kind of monetize things and 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 make that and make your money but at some point right like there's going to be some kind of oversaturation with this right mm-hmm. like, like everybody's like everybody's like jumping into do, doing this like at some point like you're going to thin this out and people are going to say like you know what i don't have time to listen to like a hundred different <laughs> like a hundred different podcasts right. or, or mm-hmm. whatever like like you know, like you know, and, and, and not, you know, nothing, not, not to say that like some of these are bad or anything like that. Like the good ones are the good ones, but at some point, like, sure. you know, when you have a thousand, like, you know, 200 NBA players on the podcast, they're not all going to be good. Right. <laughs> so at mm-hmm. some point, like some of those are just going to fall by the wayside. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what, like, you know, where this, where this goes next. Cause like Jones, you're right. It's like, everybody's, you know, on their own platforms, you know, making their brand, but they, they never get pushed back. Like I would, I would love to see, you know, something like that where you have an athlete, but then you have, you know, a respected journalist, you know, as his co host or something going, sitting there as with the co host to say, like, hey, you know what? Like, like, you know what? Like, maybe that's not necessarily true or push back a little bit or, or whatever like that. Because that, that, mm-hmm. that to me would be like, you know, different than like 99% of the stuff that we get today. Cause we, that you never see it. You just don't right. see it anymore. Yeah. 
Coming up next uh, is the Furkan Korkmaz uh, podcast. <laughs> he probably has one in Turkey. You know, he probably does. I'm, I'm over here making we'll fun even, of him. We'll even know. We'll even know, man. Furkan Korkmaz, I, I promise you, Furkan Korkmaz podcast probably get more listeners and, and more views than Jonesy and Brown. Like just right off the bat, hey, and, 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 and that's a pro- and that's a problem because we've been doing this. <laughs> this is show number seventy one for Jonesy and Brown. Furkan got a whole country behind him. Exactly, yeah, man. That's what I'm saying, man. Fur, fur, yeah, Furkan's got he's got a, a lot a lot more ex followers than any of us. So uh, I can't I can't even get North Philly behind us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Hey, look. You know, it's been good getting to know you, Roy. But we brought you on to talk Eagles, man. Let's do it. Well, we do. We have to. I mean, I mean, we really have to talk Eagles. What? Yeah, yeah. We we, we, we got to. All right. You see me. You see me taking deep breaths before we get started. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I prepare myself mentally. Uh, all right, I got I got a I got a little, right. little beverage next to me, so um, a little we, 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 we all got a little spike we, vodka here. We, we we all we all do, you know. But uh, this is the problem. This is the problem, and this is this is what makes this kind of unprecedented because the Eagles, on paper, <laughs> on paper, in theory. This is an eleven win team. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and that's all I'm saying. I'm I'm not that is you cannot use that to, for any other context other than the fact that the record book will say this team won eleven games. Correct. However, Jonesy, you and I, we've covered a lot of football together. We've talked a lot of football together. We have discussed a couple of pretty bad Eagle seasons together. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've talked about is the narratives and the stories that, that permeate an off season when you have a bad team, when there's optimism, when there's positivity to build on, you know, Things are good. Mm-hmm. The, the off season can go quickly. Mm-hmm. You're sitting up there like next thing you know, season's over. Next thing you know, it's the draft. Next thing you know, it's mm-hmm. it, they're 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 it's, it's, it's you're, you're, you're about to get ahead of me with this, JV. <laughs> I, I know I, I know where this is going. You're about to get ahead of me. No, no. All, all I'm saying is, all, all I'm saying is, I'm 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 looking at the story. These are the story. These storylines mm-hmm. that you hear. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, you're getting ahead of me because this is going to take us one place, and I don't want to go there yet. Not yet. This is going to take us one place. Let me make this statement, and then I will, I will, I will gladly hand the floor to you, and we go wherever you want to go. All I know is I feel like these types of stories that we're hearing are stories that you hear when the team is awful. These are, this this feels like an awful team off season, and it's not. It shouldn't. It is. Be. It is an awful team off season. The team that finished the season for the Eagles looked awful on the field. So you're approaching the off season like a team that has to fix the things an awful team had to fix because they do. 
That being said, the the first things they've addressed were offensive and defensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Give Roy a second. Look, Roy's a professional. Uh, no problem. So yeah. So the first things they've addressed, the first what, problem. What, well, hold on. What what player was that uh calling you, Roy? <laughs> it was Nelson Aguilar. I gotta apologize for that. But yeah, so the first steps they've taken to fix this team and address the the problems, they've replaced both coordinators. Again. They went with vets. Kellen Moore is still fairly young in his th- mid-30s, but he's been around for a while at this point. He's not a new coordinator. Mm-hmm. Vic Fangio, that, who was the, reportedly the target they wanted last year before your friend did what he did going to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and how... how should we look at these two hires? Well, let me let me circle back because because JB, I want to get back to your your original statement about mm-hmm. this feels like a terrible off season, and it is because Jonesy's right. Because, but I just want to say, like after a Super Bowl, after a season where you lose in the Super Bowl, you know expectations change, right? Like mm-hmm. it was, we came into the year Super Bowl or bus. Mm-hmm. Started out ten and one. And mm-hmm. when you finish, when you lay the eggs, the multiple eggs that they laid at the end of the season, yeah, like yes, this is a, a very awful. This is a very awful season. Like this mm-hmm. is going to be in the record books. You're going to see eleven and six, but in your heart, when you look back at the at the 2023 season, you're going to say, you know what? That was a disgusting display of football. I saw for for a lot of that year, and mm-hmm. that's why you needed to make that change. That's why you needed to bring in two new coordinators to basically. Nothing like if nothing else, these two guys will own their side of the football, right? Like Vic Fangio is going to own the defense. Like, like you don't have to worry about the defense. Nick Fangio, uh, Vic Fangio is going to command respect that Sean Desai didn't command, that Matt Patricia didn't command. Like he's going to own it, right? If anything goes wrong with it, like you know, he'll fix it or whatever. And the same thing with Kellen Moore. I mean, like you may or may not like Kellen Moore's style. We'll talk more. I guess we'll talk more about Kellen Moore, but Kellen Moore is going to own the offense, you know way better than, you know, whatever hybrid Brian Johnson, Nick Sirianni, um, you know, uh, duo had owning the offense. So if nothing else, you have two guys who are going to own their side of the locker room, which is great because you didn't have that this year. And then all you need now is for Nick Sirianni to focus on being the, you know, what I call the CEO of the team. Now, Mm -hmm. whether or not you, whether or not you think he's good at that, that's a different question. I don't, I don't think he's that skilled in that, but, (laughs) That being said, like he has less to worry about because he's not going to be part of the offense now. You have a guy who, again, whatever you think of Kellen Moore, he's infinitely better than Brian Johnson, and he has a track record of having good offenses. So I think you're better off in the coaching, in, in, in the coordinators on both sides of the ball. The fact of the matter is, is the CEO, is the guy who's going to be in charge of game management and you know game day management, things like that. Do you have enough faith in him? And, and the guy who's going to fix things if things go wrong. Do you have enough faith in him to take care of his side of the ball? Well, I don't say his side of the ball because he owns the locker room, but do you have faith in him in, of taking care of his duties? And that's the big question mark. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel necessarily, but I'm not quite sold on Nick Sirianni as that as that leader of men. Why, why not? So, really, a lot of it comes down to 
what happened at the end of the season because again you have a super talented team super bowl or bust i mean i know we all knew that there were flaws with this team you know i mean you know they started out 10 and 1 but this, like this team never really looked like, like a 10 and 1 team at any point mm-hmm. in the season i mean like we haven't seen i don't think we saw a single game where they played a complete game on both sides of football like through, through closest was probably the dolphins game Probably the Dolphins game. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, because like that was like, probably the closest know, like, to it, right? Yeah, and like, and that was more like three quarters than a complete game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, on both on both on both sides of the ball. Like, I I can't I can't see it. Like, there were problems with this team all year, and they were never addressed. Well, they weren't addressed properly. I don't say they were never addressed, but they weren't addressed properly by uh, whoever's in charge, the OC, the DC, the the, the head coach, and then at the end. Well, not the end, near the end of the season when clearly the defense was was a mess. It's like your decision, you know, because again, you're the CEO of the team, and your decision to quote unquote fix the defense is to take away the play calling decisions from Sean Desai and give them to Matt Patricia, and then your defense got even worse. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. trust you to fix the. Basically, if I don't trust you to fix things when they go bad, and I don't trust you to motivate the, your team when things go bad. Then what are you doing? You know, like what, like what, what are you like, like what, like what's your, what's your role here? And that mm-hmm. that's where I'm kind of that's why I'm a little bit skeptical as far as what Nick Sirianni does, you know, with this team come this coming year. But don't, I feel like I, I hear what you're saying, but for Sirianni, there seems to be more of a groundswell of support from within that locker room that mm-hmm. I feel like for me, my, my reference point is uh, Jonesy's favorite coach, uh, Charles Kelly. <laughs> and the vibes surrounding that team towards the end of that era. Yeah. Where it seemed like, this was a team. Uh, this seemed like a fractured team, and there were more outward hints that this team was fractured. Where it seems like, yes, this team has problems, but it, it, I'm not necessarily sure if the team feels like the coach is the problem. Whereas when it was when it was Chipper, you know it. it it, yeah, yeah. it was leaning that way. Yeah, no, that, no, that, that's a good point. Yeah, like that's a good, I can't I can't argue that. Like when when the end of the the Charles P. Kelly era, you know, mm-hmm. like when that happened, like it needed to happen because again the vibes are bad. He was walking past people in the you know in the locker room, not talking. Like it was just like it was just like everything was like canceling Christmas parties. Like everything mm-hmm. was just off, right? Like it just yeah. wasn't right. And that's not like I don't get that vibe from. From this team, I think, mm-hmm. I think by and large, like these these guys like Nick Sirianni. I think I mean he got them to a Super Bowl last year. I mean, like mm-hmm. they won a bunch of games. Like they're not a, you know, like you said on paper, they're not a bad football team. They're a, they're a talented football team. But if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, like I just kind of look at this as if I'm Jeffrey Lurie. It's like, can this dude write the ship? Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's a terrible analogy, but it's kind of like the 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 Adrian Griffin Doc Rivers thing in in Milwaukee. Right. Adrian mm-hmm. Griffin's not a bad coach. I mean, they were pretty. They were second in second in the East. Mm-hmm. They're three and a half games behind Boston, behind Boston for for the top spot in the East, but for whatever reason, Milwaukee thought, you know what, this isn't the guy that can get us over the top, and I, and that's where I am 
with Nick Sirianni. Like, I think he's fine. I think I think he can go somewhere else and probably be fine and be a decent coach and all that stuff. But in this locker room, in this situation, I don't think he's – I don't think he has enough to push this group of guys back to that level, mm. if that makes sense. Is that for you a – a big change in where you were on Sirianni a year ago. Like, was it this season that dropped your confidence in him, or were you always somewhat skeptical about his ability to be to lead? No, no, he no, he sold me last year. I mean, look, I mean, when you get to a Super Bowl a couple years in, I mean, like, mm-hmm. like you're doing something. I mean, like you're doing something. Like he's not a like he's not a bad coach. Like I like 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 he's like he sold me quite a bit last year. Like I I think he's a pretty decent. No, nothing for nothing. I think he's a decent motivator of men, more or less. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, but everything, it's like, it's easy to be a motivator, a good motivator of men you, when you have an all world quarterback and he was mm-hmm. throwing the ball all, all over the world and, you know, AJ Brown spun up crazy numbers. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, if things are going right, I mean, like, the three of us can coach the Eagles. You know what I mean? Like, if we have those guys, like, we can get 10 wins. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? If everything's going right, it's just that, like, I need, I need to have faith in my coach when things go wrong because things are going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, things are going to go left. And, and, like, you see, you know, like you see, like like the like the Chiefs earlier this year, they had a they had a couple games span where they look awful, like they look terrible, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, well, you know, a good coach kind of gets you out of your tailspin, gets you right, and, and gets you back on track, and that's what Big Red did, and that's what that's the missing for me. That's the missing piece for Nick Sirianni. I don't think he can quite do that here with this team. Maybe five years from now, when he goes somewhere else and kind of learns a couple things, maybe he, you know he'll have that. For me, he'll have mm-hmm. that ability. He'll he'll or he'll he'll you know get those stripes or whatever like that. But I don't think, I don't think he's at that level of a coach yet where where he's good enough to to because again from what we saw this year that he's good enough to kind of you know kick that you know kick that you know kick the team in in the uh, in the rear when they when they need it. Okay, um, go ahead, JB. No, no. Uh, okay, so moving away from the coaching staff for a second mm-hmm. my next question is in the last three seasons i've essentially seen three different versions of jalen hurts there was the first <laughs> year jalen hurts the starter who yeah was good with his legs right 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 and, and then there was last year jalen hurts who we were all jaws on the floor amazed at how quickly he had raised the level of his play (laughs) to this year's Jalen Hurts, who looked decent in stretches, but there was, without detailing everything, there was some things left to be desired. Say it kindly. (laughs) What, which of those do you think is closest to the real Jalen Hurts? Jonesy, that's that's really the million dollar question. I mean, that's well, it's probably was it, how much is he getting paid? 200 dollars million dollar <laughs> question. That that's really the question. I obviously we want it to be year two, Jalen Hurts. I don't think it's year. I think we can all agree it's not year three, Jalen Hurts. I think it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know take the easy way out. I think it's a combination between year and two and year three, Jalen Hurts. I think I think year two, Jalen Hurts was just. I mean, like you said, it was just a magical year. Like he just amazed everybody. It was just unbelievable, you know, what he was able to do with his arm, you know, with his legs and things like that. This year, obviously, but you know, between the offensive coordinator switch and the knee injury, and just you know, just whatever bad vibes or whatever like that. Like I think everything just went completely left because um, he had like twenty-one turnovers. I mean, count the count the fumbles in there as well. Like, mm-hmm. It was just. I don't think he's that careless with the football, 
But again, I don't, I don't, I think, uh, you know, you know, the prior year Jalen Hurts was a little bit of an outlier as well. So I think the real Jalen Hurts is probably somewhere in the middle, which again, is still, a, you know, top eight quarterback in the NFL. You know, like I don't, you know, I want to put numbers on it, but he's not a guy who's going to throw 17 interceptions a year. Um, but he's not going to be a guy who throws like two. So like, you know, if he gives you like, you know, like, I don't know, 24 touchdowns, like seven or eight interceptions, but then he's going to give you another 12 touchdowns, you know, with his legs. I think that's the Jalen Hurts that that we should expect. I think that's the Jalen Hurts that, you know, the Eagles Eagles paid for. And that's and that's enough Jalen Hurts to win the title. I mean, again, like Jalen Hurts, like the 85% of the Jalen Hurts that we saw in 2022 is an elite quarterback. So, I mean, I don't, and I don't think he's that far away from it. You know, put him in the right, you know, put him in the right, um, offensive scheme, you know, like the line's still going to be solid. You know, like the the wide, you know, your wide receiver one and two still coming back. Kellen Moore, you know, has a has an affinity for passing the ball. So, is wide receiver line. number one coming back? Yeah, because you know he wants to be traded, man. Listen, you want to help, man? Listen, JB, I I know you, I know you want, I know you want the clicks like them other people in the other stations telling lies for these clicks. This don't is why like I them. didn't want to talk about narrative. Don't be, don't be like them. Don't be like I them. Knew where it was don't, going. No, don't, don't be like them. Don't be like it. I know. No, listen, listen. I <laughs> want man. I want the views. I, I do want the views. I do want the views. At, at some be, point, don't, at, don't at some point, views, man. Don't at some views. point in time, I gotta stop doing this show in my basement. AJ Brown. <laughs> at what point in time can I stop doing this show in my basement and start doing it in a real in a real studio? I got to talk about. I, I got to make up some issues. So since the team didn't win anything, we got trounced in the first round yeah. by, by by the Bucks. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield started looking like Tom Brady. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. 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 So I, therefore. I, yeah, I, yeah. I you can be mad, man. You could be mad. You I, should be mad. You should I, I be am upset. Mad. I am mad. Upset, but we can't. And, and, we can't and, manufacture storylines. We can't. We can't do it, man. We got it. We got to We got to be righteous. We got to stand on. Stand on the mountaintop of righteousness when it comes to this. Like train AJ Brown. Come on, man. Like what are we doing? Like, like <laughs> exactly. Listen, listen, here, here, here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. And it's hard. Like I can't imagine. Like you know, you guys have your podcast. I have my podcast. Whatever, like that. I can't imagine. Having to go on the radio for four hours every day of the year and fill that four hours with content, right? Like that's a really hard job to do. That's a very difficult job, mm-hmm. right? That being said, you don't have to fill it with nonsense, right? Like you can fill out, you can fill the four hours without making some fake controversies, right? Like, like there has to be a way to do it to fill that time without saying AJ Brown, who has like you know, it was like, it was like forty-one million dollar like dead cat pit if he gets traded. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's not a that's not even a reasonable scenario. Like, you can fill four hours of content and not have like like fugazi scenarios out here, right? Like, it's got like there has to be a way. Like, no like, team is going to take a forty million dollar dead cat pit on a wide receiver. A wide receiver, nobody play. Care about yeah. receiver dead that can still hits. play. Nobody cares about dead cap hits. Know what they care about? Trading AJ Brown for no reason. You, you know who cares about dead cap hits? Your general manager. Well, right. well not only yeah. does he care, he mm. cares more than most other general managers. No, no, I understand. Like, the cap is his thing. Look, how he's not going to do anything that reckless. Like, what are we talking about here? I'm telling you what we're talking about. This, the name of the show is Jonesy and Brown, not Jonesy and Roseman. 
So yes, Howie Roseman has to worry about dead cat pics. I understand that. Me doing this show in my basement, trying to get these clicks. I don't care about dead cap hits. Oh man! I mean, I mean, we all. Know, I mean, in, in in all seriousness, we all know the the, the phrase, and, and, and it's something I've said on here before. You listen to the fans, you end up joining them. Yep, that's what happens. You know, it's how he how he knows the truth. He, of course, he knows the truth, and we're pretty sure he's. I'm. I mean, I'm pretty sure Howie Roseman doesn't watch Jonesy and Brown. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He's missing out, but he he doesn't. I don't know. If there was a stretch last season where I thought somebody at the Eagles was listening. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Because Jonesy, Jonesy for real came out like after like a game. Like, I don't know why Jalen Jalen Hurts doesn't throw to his left. He's not throwing to his left enough. Like every week. And then, like I, I, the I, very I, next I, game. I'd say I need to see this and I need to see that. Next game, I'm coming out and I'm seeing it. So it was a beautiful thing to watch last year. Or what we, I'm like, I'm like, Jones, I, I think Jalen Hurst listens to the Jonesy and Brown show. I think he was, maybe he's listening to it on his way to the game. He's like, let me check out these brothers. They talk, they speak the truth. Oh, but man. but nonetheless, uh, you know, it's, it's like that was a story. Should the, should the Eagles trade AJ Brown? And you, the the response that. I got from the two of you, my brothers, Roy, Jonesy, you know, it, it's, that's the truth. That's annoying. You know, of course they're not going to trade AJ Brown. Of course, AJ, like, why would you even ask AJ Brown? Does he want to be traded at this point in time? If he wanted to be traded, he would have said that. He'd have told you, he'd have made it clear. He would have right. been very, very clear. clear. He would have said, Hey man, I want out. He hasn't said he wants out. Nobody in the organization has said they want him gone. His cap is, his contract is prohibitive to him moving. Mm -hmm. What because... the the quarterback is still in the early years of this deal where it's still the number is very cap hit friendly. Mm -hmm. You're likely to lose some larger contracts to retirement this year. Why would you even think about trading him? Mm -hmm. You but, wouldn't. And I think part of the problem is also you know, how this got put out there. You know, this was just a, a poll on a local radio station. And then you see it gets picked up by a bunch of a bunch of Twitter accounts that just put the name Rumor in their name. <laughs> not verified, not a reporter. And, and, yeah. and all it says is, Rumor has it out of Philly that A.J. Brown wants to be traded. You know, a report says... And we have to we we have to give this some sort of credibility because it was reported, right? And and to me, it's like okay, that I find that annoying because it's like these don't, stories like this don't have traction when you when you when there's optimism in your off season. But stories like this shouldn't have traction at all. What annoys me that we, but, but what annoys me about stories like this is that we even end up talking about them. Mm -hmm. Like something like this, I would just because I know it ha it's going nowhere. Mm -hmm. I'm not wasting time like putting a time thought effort into something that I know is foolishness. You know, I, well, that's I just think, me. I think part of the problem is, and and it's it's that word that you you hate when I use, but it's narratives, and. Mm -hmm. You know, the truth of the matter is, 
yes, this team finished the season horribly. It played awful. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, you see that there's there there should be elements that should help this team bounce back. You have a quarterback who is not that far removed from an elite level playing season. You know, maybe he might not be an MVP uh, candidate again, but he can at least play to the level like a top five, maybe top ten quarterback, at least. You have a decent offensive line. Yes, you might be replacing your center, but but you still have two good tackles, two good guards coming back. Maybe some question marks with your running back, but you had decent running backs in the room. Maybe Swift comes back. Maybe you try and replace him within the draft. Maybe you try and find somebody in free agency. But that should not that should not be a, 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 a huge hole to fill. On the defensive side of the ball, you still got those big two uh redwood trees from Georgia that you have to that you have to see about. You have a defensive coordinator who's coming in who seems to have a use for a linebacker. <laughs> Maybe we get one this year. We figure some things out. There, there's cause for optimism. So when you sit there, it's like when your team is horrible, when you have a horrible team and there's no chance of not being horrible that next season, there are storylines that get traction. Like you said, Jonesy, this shouldn't even be a story because common sense says there's no reason why A.J. Brown would want out because there's no reason that A.J. Brown's getting out. That's what common sense says. But when you're a horrible team and you hear t- when you're a horrible team and you hear players uh, disgruntled, you think about that like oh, maybe AJ Brown wants to be out. We haven't heard players disgruntled. No, we haven't no, heard we haven't. anything. But this is my <laughs> point. We haven't heard anything like this except from an account that says rumor. So right. why are we talking about it? Because that's no, what no, we I, do. No, no, not, not. See, that's what. No, but not, not not we, not the royal we. But that's what they do, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's yes. the, like negativity has a lot has longer legs than positivity, right? Like, Absolutely. If you, if you yeah. said, "Hey, man, like you know, Vic Fangio, you know, he's like a longtime defensive coordinator. You know, he's he's going to own that defense." And you know, Kellen Moore, you know, two of the five years he's an OC. You know, they were first in the league in, in yards, and you're like, you could spin this uh-huh. Eagles all Eagles all season pretty positively mm-hmm. but like people are like all right well that's cool or whatever like that but if you say oh man you know what well you know aj brown wants out and you know like oh who's gonna like what are they gonna do with you know you know brandon graham and you know and pleasure and pleasure cox and jason kelsey and you know like and you know can is, is jalen hurts really a good fit for the kellen moore offense like you get a lot more legs out of that stuff you know when you put it on the radio or you put but, it on youtube but i can, a, I can live with those conversations are you talking right. to me about possible retirements that's a real thing. You're just talking there about straight, is, straight up, straight up like lies. We're just, <laughs> like, we're just writing fiction yeah. now at this point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Because, uh, yeah, that's because I think because because that's part different. of the part part of the problem is, like you said, negativity get, negativity gets out faster. Right. You know, no mm-hmm. and, and so to sit there, it, it's easier. It's like nobody wants to talk about the po- you know, possible positive outcomes of this offseason because nobody feels positive about the way the season ended. We're all angry. We're all mad. So, therefore, let's just float out here that A.J. Brown might win out even though he doesn't. 
But see, what I want to be talking about is what kind of scheme is Kellen Moore going to run to fix to fix the flaws yeah. in his offense? What yeah. I want to talk about is, and, and you know, this is what actually is something I want to talk about. And give me a second. What if we remember Sirianni's first year here when he was calling the plays? Mm-hmm. The Eagles were a little pass happy, and it didn't look good with Hertz under center. He gave it up to Steichen. They started running the ball a lot more. This became a run-dominant team. This team became the bully, and then they looked good. Steichen leaves, my, and my first thought was, with Brian Johnson getting the pro- the promotion, it created a dynamic where when Steichen took over play calling, Sirianni didn't really have as much hand in it because he was just shown to not be good at it. Mm-hmm. Right. But now when Johnson comes in, Sirianni's coming off the season, the season where he went to the Super Bowl and he can reestablish his position of being the, even if he's not the play caller, he has more say in the offense than he might have with Steichen. And it went back to looking like it did when Sirianni was calling the plays at the beginning. I want to talk about how this this marriage between Sirianni and Kellen Moore is going to work. I want to talk about stuff like that. But we have to talk about A.J. Brown not getting traded. Yeah, that's what we need to talk about. Like that's what we like. Like when Nick Nick Sirianni said at that press conference, you know, like you know, like I'm not going to be in charge of the offense anymore. Like, what does mm-hmm. that mean specifically? Like, is but then he says be, it's going to be my offense and his offense. Like, I right, it's I, our our I, our right. offense, whatever that means. Right. right. This is the kind of <laughs> stuff like, I want to be talking about. Right. Th- yeah, these like, are real stories about, that you could get legs right. out. of. That's not fun. Yeah. There's no fun in that. Vic Fangio right, runs like a 3-4 scheme, right? How are these guys going to fit, you know, in a Vic Fangio scheme, you know, because mm-hmm. we ain't got damn linebackers. So where them linebackers coming from? You know, I mean, like you got, you know, Reddick on the edge, but I mean, like mm-hmm. you're going to need a couple middle linebackers. You trust Nicobe Dean? Like, what are we doing? You know, like, let's talk about this, this, these things, like actual things on the field that need to be addressed in April and March and, you know, when free agency and the draft come around. We'll be talking about that in April and March, and when the draft comes around. But for right <laughs> yeah, now, we yeah. need we yeah. got to talk to get there. We have to talk about AJ Brown wanting to be traded, oh, uh, Devontae Smith being unhappy, um, mm-hmm. the fact that AJ AJ Brown wiped all of the Eagles stuff off of his uh, Instagram account. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's forty eight hours right there. That's a couple exactly. of days worth of, worth of exactly. sports video right there. And if we hadn't been talking about it, if we hadn't been talking for an hour, we would have. I would have led with that. I wanted to get to know what Roy had going on in his life because honestly, <laughs> I wanted to lead with AJ Brown wiping out uh, all of the uh, eagle stuff on his on. Instagram. You know, you 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 know, you've been in this business too long, man. Yeah, you know, no, no. you know, <sighs> man. You know, you know. Like, uh, what was the last? Like, um, towards the end of, I think I think it might have been the end of uh, of Jonesy's boy Chip's uh, career when when the Eagles were bad. One of the big stories that off season was, uh, you remember Bryce Treggs? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you remember that big story about? The, the the rating he gave an Uber driver once for not having uh an aux cable. 
in the I car. I don't know that. No, that's sorry, I don't know. No. Oh my god. <laughs> it, it, it dominated it, it dominated Twitter for like a week. And I'm like, you know what? These are the stories that become stories when your team is bad. Yeah. It's These nonsense. are th- th- this is the nonsense that we're talking about right now. We're talking about a player, not even a star player. Right. We're talking about a guy on the team. And what what rating he gives his Uber driver. That's the nonsense. That's yeah. and to me, that's the stories that happen when your team is bad. And and fast forward to now, that's that's what this AJ Brown story is to me. I want to talk about the things that Jonesy was talking about. I want to talk about how this scheme is going to work now that Kellen Moore is here. I, I really do. But, but I, JB, I, I'm, guess what? But, we have our own show. We can. <laughs> no, no but I think I think I think he wants to. Hear, I think he wants to hear. I think he wants to hear those things too. Like he, I think he wants to. Yes, I, think, I, 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 I want to hear that talked about, and I want people to talk about it with us. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think I think until free agency, well, March first, whenever. Until free agency, mm-hmm. until the draft, I think mm-hmm. we're kind of stuck, man. Because I think I, I don't. I'm not going to talk bad about people, but I mean, like, I think that certain things have traction in this market over mm-hmm. more than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, and I think the people in front of the microphones or behind the microphones play play towards that, play those things up. Mm-hmm. And no, you're right. I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's what it is. And I hate the game, but you know. Like the wire said, the game is a game. You know, so. yeah, you know, no, you're right about that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. And and, and there'll be plenty of time because to, to to discuss that and how and if this team can turn it around next season and and, and bounce back. Before we let you go, I did I did want to talk a little sixes with you though. Okay, got you got Joel and beat. Yeah, the news came out about uh, torn meniscus in his knee. At this point, you know, there had been talk about how the Sixers had been handling this up until then. He had sat a couple of games, missed uh, missed the Denver game. In fact, uh, a team got fined because Embiid wasn't even on the injury report going into the Denver game, and then he yeah. doesn't, and then he doesn't even, then he doesn't play. Right, comes back in this, uh, comes back in this. Uh, Golden State game, and actually, and he plays. Looks like he's laboring, but then he hurts his knee again. And in a, in a, that looked legit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that looked bad. That's bad. So now they're talking about how do you, do you sit him? How long you sit him? What do you yeah. think about the way that's been handled so far? Yeah, I think it's. Um, well, let me well let me just say first, like I, I, I there was a whole lot of talk because again, this is I, I want to call it a dead period, but when the Eagles are down, people look for subjects. So there's a lot of talk the last couple of weeks about blaming the fans, you know, for for like pushing for pushing Joel Embiid to kind of come mm-hmm. go back um, to all this, you know, to, to to play the game so he can hit the mm-hmm. 65 game threshold for all the awards and things like that. Made like look like. The impetus really comes on Joel Embiid and that organization, right? Like if Joel Embiid is too hurt to play, then Nick Nurse and or the doctors and or the GM, you know, like Daryl Morey and or somebody on that team has to has to pull him aside and say, "Yo, you can't play," right? So, mm-hmm. like Joel Embiid, like him him getting hurt is not anybody's fault, but Joel Embiid and that team's fault, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's I mean, because it was clear, like you like you like you said, like it was clear that there was a problem with that knee before the Golden State game, right? But he. You know, mm-hmm. continue to push through it, and you know, 
you know, played well, has been playing well this season, but you know, the narrative that, you know, it's the fans fault and the fans forced him to do this and the media, you know, they kind of bullied him into doing this. I think that's, first of all, I think that's garbage. Now, all that being said, this, I mean, the Sixers are in a really tough spot, man. <laughs> like it's, it's sad because it's like, I mean, they, you know, they were on, they were on a 56 game, you know, 56 win pace, you know, before, you know, before all this happened, like at, at the halfway point, uh, which was the bet, which would be the most wins they've had in this, in this recent run. So they were on a pace to do some really special things this year. Now Embiid's down with a meniscus. He's, I am, well, they don't know yet the severity, but I imagine he's going to be out for most of the year at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but we yeah, all they said, they're going, by this, they said they're going to take the way. weekend to evaluate the plan going forward. Right. That's yeah. the official all, statement yeah. at this point. Yeah, we should all know this by now because like we've had so many injuries in this town that we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he he had the meniscus. Well, what year was that? But he had a meniscus surgery. I forget when. Um, Eighteen, nineteen. Where you missed like thirty-seven games or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, if he does that, that's that's you know basically the regular season. Hopefully, it's not that to that level. But I mean, if and be like you see, I mean, you see how bad this team is without him. I mean, like if he misses like thirty games, like you'd be lucky to be in a play in. You know, mm-hmm. so they're in a bad. They're just in. The, I, I feel bad, man, because it's like they're kind of. I won't say they're snake bitten, but it's like nothing ever seems like. There's never one regular, one normal twelve month period with the, with the Philadelphia 76ers. There's mm-hmm. always something. Like this was the most optimistic I think most of us have been about a Sixers team since the Jimmy Butler trade, and then now you know now look what happened. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel bad. I just like I just don't see this season having a good ending at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a wash. We don't know how bad the, the knee injury is, but I mean, like it's just it's just a bad situation all around. We can't never have no nice things, man. Can't have nice things, man. Can't we can't we can't have nice things. No, um and <clears throat> we've been struggling trying to figure out what to make of this sixer season. Yeah. And you know you've been I, struggling to try to figure out what to make <laughs> of this sixer season. No, Jonesy, well, let me ask you, Jonesy, what, what what did you make before this? What what before this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, before this happened. That as constructed, the roster is still missing something to, that would get allow them to get out the second round. Nick Nurse has Embiid and Maxi playing at a level I didn't see possible. Mm-hmm. They do have the assets in house to inquire to acquire the necessary piece, but as constructed, they're a second round exit team to me, and I don't know that I trust Daryl Morey to make the right move. I agree. Well, I agree with everything, but the Morey part, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely not sold on them. But you're right. Like this team is still. God bless Joel Embiid playing in the MVP level. God bless Tyrese Maxey who's playing in the All-Star level. He got named to the All-Star team today. Yep. So God bless them. Mm-hmm. They've been playing fantastically. They like when you see Boston, when you mm-hmm. see, you know, when Milwaukee's playing at 100%, when you see a Denver, when you see the elite of the NBA, it's clear that those teams are on another level. And it's mm-hmm. like this team is not on that level. And no matter how good, you know, your your top 2 stars are playing, it's clear that like like that this team really probably won't get past the second round if they run into one of those teams. Like it's like, but you're but you're right. They have the asset. They can they can make a deal. I don't know if those guys are available. I don't know if those guys are you know more going to be willing to pull the trigger. I think they can, but you're right. Like as it stands right, like if Joel Embiid was healthy, if everything was fine, I still don't think this team is going to get past the second round. And I think that's what every reasonable fan should should mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Should have thought, and, again, and I don't want to actually. This is rhetorical because I actually don't want to take the time to dig into this. Just something <laughs> you figure you think about, yeah. Later on, 
go over go over Colangelo's resume. That, well, compare, oh, no, listen, and compare it to listen, Moore. I get it. Uh, no, I, l- l- well, all right. Yeah, we're not gonna have this discussion. But I had that, this discussion before. <laughs> I had this discussion before with Sam when Sam Inky was here. I had this discussion mm-hmm. before. People don't like it, but I'm like, all right. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to get into get into this tangent. But I'm like, look, man. <laughs> it's like, what them Rockets teams win? All right. Like, what do those right. Rockets teams win? All right. I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, God that, bless Sam Hinkie. He did a great job. You know, getting assets or like that. Rockets mm-hmm. ain't win nothing. All right. And uh, that's my point. Saying, like that. And that's why I don't know that I trust Colangelo. I mean, not trust Maury. Excuse me. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying he can't get it done. Right. But he's not the GM I'm looking at. Like he's gonna go and identify the perfect piece every time. That's that. That's more than fair. That's more than fair. Is there anything that we could touch to end this show on, like a positive note? Does oh, anybody have any t- sort well, of positivity well, for me? That's what I'm looking well, for right now. If you want some, you want some, po- you, you really want some positivity? Yes. Yes. I want to be positive to- about something. Listen, we got the union season starting up mm-hmm. I guess this month. They got, they got, they got, you know, spring training in a couple of weeks. I think two weeks from now, two weeks and change mm-hmm. from now. We got spring training. We got, you know, we got, we got some, some positive things on the horizon. We got two spring teams who are, who are pretty good. So we got that. Mm-hmm. Are are you really positive about the Phillies? I mean, you you look at what teams have been doing. You look at what the Phillies have been doing. I'm positive about the Phillies. I mean, I'm positive <laughs> the season's going to start. No, no, like, I believe seriously. that the season's going to start. I'm, I'm positive about that. Yeah, the Phillies were a World Series team two years ago. They were a team that should have gone back to the World Series this year. They were the better team in that series the against Arizona, yeah. regardless yeah. of what happened. We agree. Like Agreed. they lost it. Not, not take nothing against uh, away from Arizona, mm-hmm. but the Phillies were the more talented team, and if they were mm-hmm. on their game, Arizona did not have the same level of perfor- performance mm-hmm. that could match the Phillies when they're on mm-hmm. their game. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like they got to up 2-0 and got comfortable and kind of relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. that team's coming back with a little more pitching than they had last year. It should be on paper. So, yeah, the Phillies could be fun this year. The pitching wasn't the problem last year, but mm-hmm. the bats went cold. But yeah, the Phillies, there's no reason not to have hope in them. All right. I'm, I'm listening to you. I believe you. I trust you, Jonesy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not. This will not. There, there, there will be plenty of time in this year for me to tell talk about things that Jonesy's wrong about. March Madness is coming up. That always brings up things that Jonesy's wrong about. But but nonetheless, all right, it, it, I, I will I will I will follow your lead on this. Pitches and catches report soon. Roy, you talk about uh, you know the union's about to start back up. Let's let's, let's get that football going. Let's let's let's, let's get right. some soccer. It's time to do that soccer thing. <laughs> yes, but let's, let's do that soccer. That's right. Let's do that yeah. soccer. Does that mean you will come back on the show and talk union with us? I, I I am not the most skilled person to talk union with with you. I've, <laughs> I've only been to one game. I watched a few. Um, that's that's one game more than me. How, uh, how many union games have you been to, uh, Jonesy? None yet, but it's all yeah. on my list. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's it's on my, my list. It's, yeah, it's yeah, literally, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good time, man. Like, I, I highly like that stadium down there is awesome. Like, it's really like mm-hmm. all the seats are good, good sight lines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good, now, good I, environment. Now that I don't doubt, you know, because because yeah. I've always heard, you know, even like in the early, 
in, in the early days of the union, when the union was was bad, when when they were really when they were down, people were still like, you know, this team isn't that good, but we'll have fun at that game. You'll go to the game, you're gonna have fun, you know. And that's and, and it does look like a nice stadium. So I'm not. I don't doubt that at all. You know, it's a beautiful stadium. So one of these days, I I I get down there. I I'll go to a union game. I will check it out. You know, ain't no thing. But <laughs> I, but you know, it, it is what it is. AJ Brown's going to get traded. Um, uh, Joel and B's out for the season. <laughs> Joel and B's out for the year. Should the Sixers trade trade Tyrese Maxey now that Joel yes, B's exactly. You know, we need to. We'll, we need. We'll, we'll take all calls. You know, should, uh, exactly. Exactly. Should, Max, should Maxi be traded now? Should, should we yeah. trade Maxi now and just uh mm-hmm. and just prepare for next year? Six ten, two one five, nine, whatever. Yeah. Yes, yes. Give us a call. Let us know. Oh my god. Oh man. In fact, I, I feel like our viewership is going up since we asked that question. We're getting a couple more clicks and and, and views. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, where can people check you out, man? Uh, yeah, you can check me out. Uh, follow me on Twitter uh, at the BS Line on Twitter. You can uh, listen to me every Saturday morning, one hundred six point five FM WPPMLP Philadelphia. That's the Broad Street Line, ten o'clock every Saturday morning. Um, and football season, I've been on the Gambler, so Fox Sports the Gambler. Uh, you can stream that wherever you stream stuff. iHeart your iHeart app. Um, football season is almost over though, so I got to figure out another way to kind of kind of get on your boy, your boy Sean Brace's radar. So you'll see, me, you'll hear me on the radio at some point. Not sure, not sure what I'm doing yet, but mm-hmm. um, you'll hear me on Fox Sports the Gambler at some point uh, this spring as well. See, no, the problem is I'm too I'm too broke to bet. I'm, I'm too <laughs> broke to bet, and, and I I feel like I've done fantasy football for so long now mm-hmm. that you know it's. How many championships can I win? You know, at, at some point in time, you just get tired of dominating everybody's league, which is what Man. I do all all the time. You know, it it it, do, it does get, it does get tiring. Can I can I can I do one thing before I get off? Since I'm uh-huh. this is the world this is the, this is the world premiere for you guys. Okay, world right. premiere. Can you, world give me like two us. seconds. Be right back. Oh oh, what's Roy got uh, for us, man? This is good. This, this is gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what this, what he's got. Well, you, so, so you talked about dominating the fantasy football league because I mean I'm uh-huh. sure you are an an esteemed yes. fantasy football player. So of course yes. we have a league at the Gambler, the, you know, mm-hmm. the Fox Sports the Gambler Fantasy League had the had the first league this year, and of course, as the fantasy football expert, mm-hmm. had to win the title, and of course nice. the victor. Comes the spoils. Oh, 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 oh. championship belt. Nice. Oh, nice. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. There you go. There we go. There you go. No, no, nice. no, one, no one see you. You guys, you guys are the first to ever see this. The guys at the station haven't seen this shit. Nice. So, drop the championship belt. You, you there you go. Debut right here. The champ had, is had, here. Had to get the gold. Had to show the gold to my guys. You know, because exactly. I know you guys <laughs> appreciate it. Nice. The champ is here, man. I like it. I, man, uh, I respect kudos the to you. Kudos to you. And that's Thank another you. reason why they don't allow Jonesy and Brown up in the gambler because we take, you know, well, all right, I take whatever fantasy football <laughs> uh, title there was, you know. It, it, yeah, 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 like look, uh, listen, like if you want, if you want, if you want some of that smoke with the with the gambler, you're like you know, just, just you look, know, man, we, can, we can work something out. First I don't, all, I don't you, run the league, but we can, yeah, we can no, find just, stuff for you. Whatever, man. Sean Brace been ducking smoke from Jonesy and Brown for years, man. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is it's oh, been man. about 
13 years since I've finished less than third in a fantasy football league. Oh, oh, so all right, we got some heavy hitters, man. Like, listen, like I'm down, I'm down for in, I'm down for invites to fantasy what, leagues. I'm just what, I'm what, put that what, out there. What the hell? Is injuries third? can injuries can affect I've heard, playoff. I've never, I've, I've never heard of that. What, what is third? third, third in, in, what injuries? I, affect I feel like I can't even run. say that word. I got. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know what you, that you is. realize. I have. I have actual records of the picks you've made over the years, right? You know I have the actual tape. Whatever. No, no I understand. I understand. I, I, I ain't afraid of receipts. I ain't afraid of receipts, man. I ain't look, man. I ain't never deleted a post. I ain't never done any look, man. Stand on. I, stand you on. Know, I, I, I stand on this business twenty four seven. It is who I am. I, you know what can I say? Greatness is. But 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 look. <laughs> Always a pleasure, oh, man. Proud man. of everything that you do, man. Thank you for taking the time out, jumping on the show. We, we, man, you know we gonna have you back. Oh, you, oh man, you, I, you I, know, you, like you, you part of the family, man. Li- listen, man. Whenever, whatever you want to do with Sixers, you know, wrestling, whatever family, be- family meeting, like whenever, like exactly. You know, you know, you like my door is always open. Jonesy, Jonesy isn't a wrestling fan, but we definitely a WrestleMania show is coming. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got we gotta do so we gotta do something. We gotta do something. It's it's too Yo, Joseph, you, you you said you're not a wrestling fan, are you? I, it's not your thing. It, it don't have to be your thing. It's all good. No, no judgment. I grew up hardcore wrestling. Yeah. It's some of the newer guys. I'm not as into them as I was prior gen- mm-hmm. iterations of the sport. Mm-hmm. But fine. I am a fan of the sport. Let's not yes. say mm-hmm. that I'm not. Don't don't worry. I I look. I I can get you back in. Yeah, get him up to speed. You, I, you got you got I, two I, months. I can get you back in, man. First thing I, first thing I want you to do when, as soon as we finish this show, I want you uh, one name. Jade Cargill. We'll, we'll start with that. You you watch some Jade Cargill matches, and you'll thank me later. All right. <laughs> you, all right. You'll you'll thank me. Might get might get in trouble at home. Uh, watch out where you where you open the page. But look, man. <laughs> that's where it starts anyway anyway oh, d- d- Roy you know you always got an open invitation to come back on this show man we appreciate you brother thank you gentlemen thanks for having me man I appreciate it alright Mike oh, Jones any final thoughts no Embiid's hurt the Eagles stink I'm, no, I'm, I'm yeah let's go Phillies thanks bro <laughs> that, that's my final thought let's go Phillies <laughs> All right. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us on the World Famous Jonesy and Brown Show. We'll catch you guys whenever we do another show. Maybe next week. Who knows? It's our show. We do it when we want to. Peace, y'all. This podcast is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. To subscribe, download, and follow on social media, go to bitwsports.com. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.